0: This point, go ahead and leave them open to Matthew chapter 25. I am going to be referring to those passages that Eric just read a few moments ago. Now, let's begin here. We're beginning with this brand new teaching series that we're calling Rising. It's planning and then acting and then building on those things. And I want to just share a few things with you today. The idea of rising and becoming a little bit different in the path and the way that we live our lives. Let's go to our next slide. This is a great book. Uh, I'm beginning it as well with you, but if you are a person who is interested in going a little deeper and kind of going a little under the surface, you'll hear some of the uh, quotes as well as some illustrations from this book, as well as some just very practical and scientific things that I'll be sharing with you over the next couple of weeks. There's over 116,000. I double checked it yesterday. It's over 117,000 uh, reviews. It's called Atomic Habits by James Clear, and it is very, very highly rated. And it is a very good book. It's not that long, it's about five five and a half, six hours, and uh, it is something that you can uh, enjoy. I I say that via audiobook. Uh, I don't know how fast or slow you read, but uh, listening on audiobook, that's about how long it takes. So it's not a long read, but it is really uh, insightful, and it shares a lot. So let's go to our next slide as well. And this is from jamesclear.com, and I felt like this was a perfect place for us to begin. Now, if you think about Each year that begins and then how each year ends. If you're like me, the year begins with a lot of hope, a lot of expectancy, a lot of optimism. Um, Maybe even the way that things felt, you weren't able to be here last Sunday. I don't know. It's possible that you like certain pastor that you know, have already blown your New Year's resolution. Can I get an amen? Is anybody out there with me today? (laughs) All right, so I had a New Year's resolution, went by the wayside. I got about three days in. I was like, man, I'm good, you know? So anyway, that happens. But I think it is important for us to take advantage of these opportunities. But also, I, I saw this, and I couldn't help but think to myself, it feels like the thing on the right of this particular slide is how we feel we want to be moving in January. But then in December as we look back and look at the year previous, it feels like oftentimes we've just done the thing that's on the left. It just feels like we've churned a lot but haven't really made any forward motion. Now, I'm not saying you, but if you know somebody that's kind of like this or had this experience, can I get an amen, right? I mean, we've been there, right? All of us have been there, not not pretend that this is something that doesn't affect us all. The truth is, is that sometimes we look back on the end of the year and we say, ah, I really thought I'd be in a different place, wanted to be in a different place, and it just feels like I've been churning, but not making any forward progress. So let's go to our next slide. And this is some different areas of life. And I want to talk about some of these things that kind of put us on that treadmill versus keeping us on a better track, moving towards something that is really positive. So let's begin in this place, if you'll allow me, and then I'll bring it back so you understand. We all have a spiritual side of our life. We all have a personal side of our life, which maybe that's your physical or your mental makeup. We all have a relational side of our life where we have kids or grandkids. Um, We have uh, husbands and wives, people that are important in our lives. We all have a professional side of our life. We all have a financial side of our life. We all have an emotional side of our life. You guys would all agree with all of these things so far, right? So here's what we see as we look at the different areas of our life, if you are like most people and like me oftentimes, this next slide is a pretty good uh, example of that. Let's turn to our next slide. The usual pattern of our life is maybe we're doing well in the spiritual side and the professional side. And because we're doing well in the professional side, it helps our financial side. But personally, relationally, or emotionally, we're not doing that good. It feels like we're not really... Heating on all cylinders, like we're a V6 and three of the six are not really working that well. And you look here on the right-hand side, maybe your spiritual is doing well and your personal and your relational is doing well, but professionally you're struggling, which means financially you're struggling, which means you're down in the dumps and so emotionally you're having a difficult time. Can any of you guys identify, I mean, I'm not saying this is where you are, but at least at one point in your life, you've been on one side of this before, right? It seems like we're never really hitting on all cylinders, and the things that are going on in our lives almost feel like I can get one right, but I can't get them all right all at the same time. This is our usual pattern of life, and if you think about that, that has a tendency to make us feel like we're on a treadmill putting out fires but not necessarily making progress. Do you guys understand where I'm coming from? Okay, so let's go to our next slide real quickly. Atomic Habits has this to say, and I wanna just share this with you, and then we'll come back to that idea of different elements of your life. Habits are the compound interest of self-improvement. Now, real quickly, Have you ever gotten, okay, back when the stock market was good, let's, let's put it that way. Back when the stock market was good, have you ever had that experience where you looked at your 401k and you're like, I didn't make hardly any deposits, but wow, it was really made a big jump. How did that work? It's called compound interest. It's one of those things where interest compounded daily ends up giving you a lot bigger return than what you would think of, right? We've all been there. Um, if you haven't invested in a 401k or a 403b, come and see me. We've got other issues to talk about with you, all right? So you know what I'm talking about. But habits are the compound interest of self-improvement, the same way that money multiplies through compound interest. The effects of your habits multiply as you repeat them. They seem to make little difference on any given day, but then the quote continues on the next slide, um, and yet the impact that they deliver over the months and years can be enormous. It is only when looking back two, five, or perhaps 10 years later that the value of a good habit and the cost of a bad habit becomes strikingly apparent. Now, think about that for just a second. This is where it is so vital that we understand that God is thinking on a whole different level than we are. Because we've all been caught in the minutiae where we can't see the forest for the trees. And we think we're making good decisions, but if they're not according to God's path for us, if they're not according to God's prescribed path for us, we have no idea if we're spinning our wheels, if we're on that treadmill, or if we're pursuing the right things in the right ways. And so this is why it is so absolutely vital that we do the things that God has prescribed in the way that God has prescribed and not just simply make it up as we go along. This is why man's wisdom and God's wisdom are two dramatically different things. And so I want to encourage you, the only way that you and I can know what God's wisdom sounds like, looks like, feels like, and lives like is by actually knowing it from the scriptures learning it and implementing it in our life. And so I encourage you, but here is what is dramatic and here is what is disappointing. The disappointing thing is, just like you and I can have a bad meal and tomorrow roughly weigh about the same, we can't have 20 bad meals and roughly weigh about the same. Can I get an amen? That's called Thanksgiving through Christmas. Can I get an amen on that? Right. Okay, you know what I'm saying. God help us all, right? Okay, but here's the truth. You can't do the wrong thing. It's disappointing because you can do the right thing once and it doesn't change your destiny dramatically. It's also positive because you can't necessarily ruin things with one decision, but it is one decision after another, after another, after another that takes you down the wrong road or leads you on a higher plane. And I encourage you to grasp and understand that we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, therefore, is not an act but a habit, as Aristotle said many, many, many years ago. And so for us, we discount the idea of actually layering good decision on good decision followed by another good decision, and we do this two steps forward three steps back thing all the time and wonder why we don't feel like we're making any progress. If you guys are with me, can you say amen? Okay, you know exactly where I'm coming from. So let's go back and think about those areas of your life. It's on this next slide. And this is where I'm kind of trying to come from. This is just, I think you can follow the line of thinking here. And this is the idea. And I want to share with you today the concept of us giving to God our life in every part of our life, not just simply the spiritual side, but every single one of the elements of our lives. Because our spiritual affects our personal. When things are right with God, it seems to give you a little bit different kind of outlook. Emotionally and physically, you're in a different place, and your personal affects your relational. Because when you're doing well, you're not in such a bad mood all the time. It's a little easier to get along with you. And so then your relational begins to affect your professional because you're not sitting at your desk going, you know, I've been daydreaming for the last 20 minutes about what I should have said and what I'm going to say and and how I should try to make this right and how how should I try to fix this stuff. On and on and on. Your professional affects your financial. And your financial affects your emotional, which your emotional affects your spiritual, and you go right back and do it all again. Do you guys understand how easy it is to get off the track here? And so I encourage us all to not look at one area of our life. Man, I'm, I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to be, you know, ripped. I'm going to wear the jeans that I wore when I was in high school, you know, all of that stuff. No, I can wear the shoes I wore in high school, but that's about it. Can I get an Amen. The truth is is that you're not going back to wear those jeans again, not most of you, unless your name is Frank Smith, and Frank and I, you know, we have arguments. Sorry, Frank, just had to throw you out there today. But here's what I know. I know for most of us, we're not putting this part of our life and this part of our life in the same direction. We're focusing so much here that we forget there. And this is what we tend to do, and it's no surprise that we just end up on the treadmill. Let's keep moving to our big idea. A great life is built by consistently following God's path for you. Consistently following God's path for you. Here's how that plays out. Let's go to our next slide. We must plan to follow God's path because it doesn't happen accidentally. Occasionally it happens like that accidentally, but most of the time, no. And we must act on those hopes and aspirations for what we want to be. We actually have to make an action, not just simply say, well, I want that to be me, even if it's not what I am doing and how I am acting. And then we must build on good starts and keep going when we fall. And notice in that big idea, I didn't say you have to constantly follow God's path. I said you have to consistently follow God's path. How many of you guys know the difference between constant and consistent? Constant is almost impossible for us. Consistent can be done. Can I get an amen, right, amen? We don't ever really achieve perfection. There will be times when we fall short, but the problem for most of us is not that we fall short, it's that we fall short and then stay fallen there. You understand? Instead, it is coming back and saying, you know what? I'm going to get right back on that direction of God's path. And I'm not going to let one bad decision be followed by another, by another, by another that puts me in a downward spiral. Let's go to our next slide real quickly. This is, again, our big idea. A great life is built by consistently following God's path for you would you guys say that out loud on the count of three ready one two three a great life is built by consistently following God's path for you for me for you for me and you right okay let's go to our next slide here's something to learn When Jesus tells the parable that Eric just read from Matthew chapter 25, maybe you still have that open. I hope you do. I'm about to go into some of that passage of scripture. When Jesus tells this parable, also known as the parable of the talents, if you've heard that from the King James Version. I don't know if you heard that, but Eric said it's from the the parable of the bags of gold. Was that brand new for you guys? I mean, a lot of y'all are like, I've never heard of the parable of the bags of gold before. They changed the names around to really kind of accurately reflect. But the idea here is the parable of the talents in the King James Version. It's the second to last parable that Jesus ever shares. The last parable he shares is the parable of the sheep and the goats. And that is the very last parable. But a talent was a way to measure weight. And so if you heard about the parable of the talents back in the day, you probably thought, oh, I have a talent. I can sing. And I'm still telling myself that despite all other things to the contrary. I'm still telling myself I can sing. That's my talent, right? So the parable of the talents, right? That's what we've always thought, but that's not what it meant. Talent was a weight measurement, like a gram or kilogram or pound, right? Uh, Even a ton. And so as you see this it was not a talent in something that you do well. Instead, it's a great weight of something. You could have a talent of gold or a talent of silver that was given to these managers. And so in other words, something of great value was entrusted to these people here in Matthew chapter 25 in this particular parable. I'm gonna take a good deep breath and you guys follow along with me. What? In this world is more valuable than a life what in this world can change this world more than a life because the truth of the matter is is for most of us we don't really think about what we have been given and the value that it actually has I mean I think we tend to think well if somebody cures cancer then that's a really valuable life. If somebody creates something or invents something or is famous in some way, that is a really, truly valuable life. But man, I'm telling you, like I'm looking at people that I know are having huge impacts on numbers of people, whether that's at your job or personally, professionally, whatever it might be, you're having impacts and you have a life The sad thing is, is for most of us, even as Christians, we do not grasp what our life is valued at. We've been given a great amount. And I would dare to say that for most of us, we start thinking about, oh, five talents, that's maybe five tons of gold. Now that is really valuable. When the truth of the matter is, is that you have been given a life six seven eight decades to make an impact with your life and the way that you live and the people that you speak to and the way that it impacts eternity all of that stuff is right there at your fingertips he's entrusted it you to you and to me and the question is what are we doing with it because most of us think that the whole point of my life is for me to be happy and that's it for me to make it through from Monday through Friday so I can relax and do nothing else other than recoup and get ready to do it all again. The truth of the matter is, is that your life and my life is a great and grand gift and God cares how you spend it. If you have not grasped that, you have not grasped the whole point of the parable that we just read. He said, I gave you something valuable. What did you do with it? One said, I did a lot with it. I invested it, and I returned this much. And he said, that's awesome. Well done. And then he said to another who had been given less, but he did the same thing. He invested, and he had a return. And he said, well done. And then another said, you know what? I was kind of nervous. This is the New Texas version, okay? But I was kind of nervous because I've seen the way that you deal with people, and sometimes, you know, you seem a little harsh. And so I was worried that I'd blow it so I didn't do anything. I didn't try to do anything with it. And so I just kind of buried it in the ground. And I don't know if y'all heard Eric reading that passage of scripture. He's got boys, Did you hear how forceful he was when he said, you wicked and lazy, sir? I don't know if that is a boy thing. I I, I don't know. Maybe. Anyway. (laughs) I'm sorry. Kidding. Kidding around. I'm about to, yeah. Anyway, all right. Never mind. So as we go forward here, we see that this can be us. We can look at our lives and go, well, I mean, I haven't been given much talent. And so what do I really matter? I, I just... I want to convey to you, as we talked about last week, as we shared last week, there's so much that your life can do to make an impact, but you have to decide and determine. It's not just simply a life for you and for you alone, but it's a life to glorify God and to bless others. That's what our lives are all about. Let's keep moving very quickly, and I want to just share these things with you. Let's catch the context here. Matthew 25, verse 14 through 30 is where we just read. Matthew 26, verses 1 and 2 shares these words. Jesus finished saying all these things. He said to his disciples, as you know, the Passover is two days away and the Son of Man will be handed over to, crucif- to be crucified. In other words, at the last of his life, which is usually one of the most important things that you can leave with someone, Christ said, I'm not going to be here, but I want you to catch this. Don't miss it. Don't get it twisted. What you do is when your life is over, does matter to me. I, your master, who have given you this life, who have given you these opportunities, given you these talents, yes, talents, these are the things that I've given for you to make an impact. Did you or will you, or will you not? For most of us as people, we're finding reasons to not use what God has given rather than finding ways to make sure that we're using. What God has given. In the end of chapter 26, at the very end, the Last Supper has been done. The Garden Prayer, the Garden of Gethsemane has been done. And Peter's denial is complete. Everything that ends Christ's life has happened in the very next chapter. So at the very end of his life, in the last few hours that he has, he says, Don't forget, it matters what you do with what you've been given. Okay? So let's go to our next slide. Here's how we can learn from this parable, and I'm going to hit these pretty quickly. God cares about how we choose to live. I've already talked about this, so I'm going to keep moving, but let's go to our second thing. God compares you to you, and that is both good and that is bad, because if you're a person who likes to compare yourselves to those who don't measure up, you feel pretty good about it, but if you're not comparing yourself to other people and just looking at, am I doing the very best that I can? For most of us, we know that we're giving God far less than he has given to us. We're not giving him back a life. We're giving him back scraps, if that. And I don't want to be guilty of calling out people who this stuff matters to and making you feel like you're being beaten down, but I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to make sure that you and I, whenever we stand before God, we're ready to do so because we've actually lived a life that we're proud to give back to him. And I have a feeling if you've ever seen uh, the movie called Schindler's List and where he starts grabbing his jewelry and he says, I could have given more, I could have given more. I know already that that's how I'm going to feel when I stand before God. I could have and I should have given more. But at very least, I want to say going into that thing, I know I didn't just willingly, willfully give less than I should have already. Um, God compares you to you and that's both good and bad. Let's go to our next slide. From Matthew chapter 25, verse 21 and 23, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in a few things, and I'll put you charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And then in verse 23, oh no, oh no. I, I was, oh, that's right, it's the same exact verse. It's the same exact verse, said the same exact thing in two different places. To one, he's talking to the one who had five talents. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. And to the one who had two, who went out there and lived his best life, which was not as good as the five-talent servant, but he was very faithful. He said the exact same thing to the exact same kind of manager. He's not going to compare you and me to Billy Graham. He's not going to compare you and me to people that have much more opportunity, much more money, all of these different things. But he is going to say, Randy, what did you do with what you already had? And that's what I have to give an account for. And if I've done well, he will say, well done, Randy, good and faithful servant. You've made you ruler over, you've been faithful over a few. I make you ruler over many. That's what he will say. But if I have not, then he will say, Randy, I gave you those opportunities. I gave you that chance. You had plenty of opportunities to live your life for me and walk my path. Why did you choose something else? For you, you're not being compared to someone else, but you are being measured against the things that you have already been given. Let's go to our next slide. Thirdly, learning from this parable, good choices are rewarded and bad choices carry consequences both now and later. Let me just remind you that as we learn from this parable, there are things that matter. And we go to our next slide from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It says, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. And I want you to notice that this is written to believers in Corinth and also believers in Rome is a very similar passage. So that means, yes, we will make it into heaven if we know the Lord. But how we have chosen to live our lives will be a separate Item of discussion between the God who has given us life and the God who requires us to live faithfully according to what He has given us. And I just have to make sure that you and I both hear that this matters to the Lord. So make your life count. You've got plenty to offer. Make your life count. I just want to go ahead and move quickly to the title slide, very quickly, if you don't mind, because we're bringing this to a close. You plan, you act, and you build. And over the next few weeks, it will often be a very similar I apply by. You plan a good starting place in your life. And then you take one action and make it small. And then you build on that one action and do it again and do it again and do it again. I'm not here asking you to do 23 things that you don't have time for. I'm saying send one text Call one person. Send an apology. Send a person something positive to make them feel better. Be a blessing. Pray for someone who's going through a difficult time. On and on and on. All of these small actions. You can make a difference in the lives that are constantly touching yours if you will just simply do that. But the big changes don't come about with one action. They come about with an action built on another built on another, built on another. And let's go back to our parable of the talents very quickly. We have this responsibility. What we have been given, we must live. And as we live, it's not one time, not once or twice, or even once or twice a year. It is a daily life that glorifies God and blesses others or does not. He wants us to be walking in his path for us at all times. It's important. Very quickly, I want to share this with you. Let's go to our final couple of slides here. Ah, if you're going from L.A. to New York, you're probably going to jump on one of these and fly over God's country here in the state of Texas, right? So there you are. You're on the plane, and as you take off, you know you're headed to What city? What city? You guys paying attention? L.A. to New York City. Or do y'all want to go to New York from L.A.? Let's let's go from L.A. to New York, all right? As you go, you travel over all of the United States, and you reach there in New York City. That's what you're shooting for. But did you know that if you take that airplane and change it 3.5 degrees to the south when you leave L.A.? you don't end up in New York, you end up in Washington, DC. Is that surprising to you guys? That's pretty surprising, isn't it? 3.5 degrees is the only difference that you make in the trajectory of the plane. It's it's not like 20 degrees or 30 degrees or 45 degrees, it's 3.5, but over a long journey like that, you end up 225 miles to the south of where you intended. It's pretty crazy. Now, let's go back to where we were just a moment ago. In your life and my life, we have much, much, much life, even still yet left to live. And over days and months and years and decades, if we set our path correct, then we end up where we want to be. But if we're not very careful, even just some of the small changes that are not right and not on path with God can take us to a whole different destination than we ever intended. Are you guys with me? You understand what I'm saying? And so this is why it is so vital that we know God's path, not just the one that we feel comfortable on. We follow God's path for us in our lives and it is so very important. So we end up where we want to rather than where we have ended up accidentally. All right, so very quickly, I encourage you, I challenge you, make sure that you are following God's path above all things. And as you rise, you plan, and then you act, and then you build on those things. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would just direct and lead in the path that we walk. Lord, I know that you desire for our lives to make an impact, that this world might be different. You have said that we are called to be salt and light, and it is so important for us, God, to be people who light a dark world and give something different for others to engage with. A life lived for God rather than a life lived for self, it stands out so starkly in our world. I pray that you would lead us and direct us in the path that you want us to walk and may our lives bring glory to you and Lord, be a blessing to others in everything that we do. Father, we thank you for the great gift that you've given us and the idea of a life and the impact that it can make. Please direct in our lives and make them something that brings glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray.